Welcome to the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Where we celebrate poetry and the Commonwealth with people from across the Commonwealth. I'm Giles Brandreth. And I'm Afra Brandreth. We're a father and daughter based in London in the United Kingdom. But each fortnight, we're on an adventure around the Commonwealth, meeting fascinating people, hearing their stories, getting to know 56 amazing and diverse countries, and exploring it all through poetry. Where are we off to this week, Avra? This week, we're finding out all about Antigua and Barbuda, which despite its name, which might suggest otherwise, it's actually a country made up of three islands in the Caribbean. The largest island, Antigua, has secluded bays and sandy beaches, coral reefs and volcanic rocks, rising to about 400 meters at Mount Obama, which was renamed in 2009 after the former US president. Antigua is famous as the land of 365 beaches. So there's a beach for every day of the year. <laughs> and uh, Barbuda is a flat coral island with a large lagoon. And uh, Redonda is just a tiny, rocky and uninhabited island. Dad, you give us some of the facts and figures. Okay, population, nearly 98,000 people. Area of each of the islands, Antigua, 280 square kilometers, Barbuda, 161 square kilometers, and Redonda, just 1.6 square kilometers. That's the one that's uninhabited. The capital city is St. John's, joined the Commonwealth 1981 following independence from Britain. English is the official language, although many local people speak Antiguan Creole. We're joined today by Joy Lawrence, O.H., We'll find out what the OH stands for in a moment. She's an educator and author of several books on Antigua and Barbuda's folklore and history. And she's a poet. In 2004, Joy received the UNESCO Honor Award for outstanding contribution to the improvement of the literary arts in Antigua and Barbuda. Her historical interest developed after learning that Bethesda, the village from which she hails, was the home to the first slave school in the British West Indies. It's Joy Lawrence O.H. Well, we're joined today on the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast by Joy Lawrence O.H. Joy, before we find out a little bit more about you, what does the O.H. stand for? Officer of the Most Precious Order of Princely Heritage. That's, wow. I like the sound of that. My goodness, so it's Joy Lawrence O.H. Well, I mean, that's amazing. Why do you have this honour? Who gave it to you? And obviously you're proud of it. Tell us more about it. Who gave me the title? Mm -hmm. The people of Antigua and Barbuda. What were the things that you had done that meant they gave you this amazing accolade? Well, I've written several books um, regarding our history and culture. And I make sure I tailor each book to the development of each community so young people can relate to what I'm saying rather than have this one book of the total history of Antigua. I tell it to communities that came out of the sugar plantation so they can identify their own relatives and so on of the past. And where did your interest in this history of Antigua come from? What sparked this journey that you're making with recording all these stories from around the island? Oh, because we were enslaved, as you know. 
for about 300 years by the, well, it was the British law to enslave us, our, our forebears. And so I wrote history regarding our enslavement. Tell us about your you, about your family. Tell us who you are, when you were born, where you were brought up, who your parents were. Give us a flavor okay. of joy. Joy Lawrence was born in the village of Bethesda. And incidentally, Bethesda was where the first school was made. The first school was built to teach enslaved children in the Caribbean. And it was built in 1813 by Charles Twaits and Elizabeth, Charles and Elizabeth Twaits. And um, the builder was a, a slave called Vigo Blake. He and his fellow enslaved people built it in six weeks. And so we're very proud of that uh, heritage. Mm. And I went to Bethesda school and I realized when our teacher used to take us on the on the shady side of the school in the afternoons to do poetry and so on, I felt there was something special about that spot in my heart. I felt there was something special about that spot. And it was exactly there where Charles and Elizabeth Twaits thought of building the school for the enslaved children of, Beth, of Antigua. Your awareness, your consciousness of the enslavement that is part of your heritage, you yes. were aware of that from being quite a small girl because of being born in Bethesda. No, no, I wasn't aware of that at the time. Huh. As, as I grew older and I read about that particular um, thing that happened to us, I, I said I had to write about it because I couldn't just let that pass. And so I wrote a book. The, the second book that I wrote was about my village, Bethesda and Christian here. But I'm doing it over because it has some mistakes in it. So I'm writing a second edition, a revised edition, as a matter of fact. Tell us about your parents. What were they called? What did they do? My parents, my father worked in the sugar plantation. My mother was a homemaker. Yes. He drove a tractor on the plantations, and my mother was a homemaker. And when you were a little girl, what sort of home did you have? What kind of house did you live in? What was the food of your childhood? Give us a flavor of you as a small child in Antigua. Well, my food, my best food was our local dish, fungi and pepperpots. That's our local dish. Mm -hmm. And with, with lingfish or saltfish, as you might know it, and uh, seasoned rice. And we drank a lot of um, pineapple juice because we grow the black pineapple in Antigua. So that's our favorite drink, pineapple juice. And when you were a little girl, what kind of a little girl were you? Were you a studious little girl? Were you playful? Were you oh, sporty? I think I was studious because I, I enjoyed poetry, especially Wordsworth, because we were British subjects. So everything about us was British. So we learned everything British, nothing Antiguan. Is that after I got older, I started to read Louis Bennett from Jamaica and Paul Keynes Douglas from St. Vincent and the Grenadines and some Shakespeare in secondary school. 
So you look very youthful, I have to say, Joy, but at the time that you were at school, a British curriculum was still being taught. How has that changed today? What sort of um, things and which writers would a young girl now at a school? Well, they're, they're learning more, more local history and so on now, but we had to learn British history. We go to school at age five. Some people go to preschool, but we go to government school at age five and leave at age 16, 17, sometimes 18. And what did you do when you left school? Teach. That Immediately. That was the thing available to, to us then. <laughs> I taught primary school, secondary school, and Antigua State College. And when did you begin writing? Oh, I used to write from a long time ago, but I, I be, my first book, Island Spice, which is a poetry book, came out in 1996 after Hurricane Lewis devastated our island, Antigua and Barbuda, our islands, in 1995. And I wrote, I wrote a blow-by-blow -blow commentary of that, and then I turned it into a poem. And that was the basis for my first book of poetry, Island Spice. Well, we'd love to hear that poem. Have you brought it with you today? Could we listen to it? Yes, yes. This is an interview with Hurricane Lewis. Now it's written in English, but I'm going to say it with our Caribbean, with the Caribbean flavor. But Lewis, what has Antigua done you? Why you had to treat her so? Why you turn ugly, callous man and dealt us such a blow? Nature is your nature. You did what you had to do. You never meant to hurt a soul. You were merely passing through. But you realize you set us back 30 years to eat red herring and canned beef. You realize you knocked out lives, utilities, and my anti-carophile state. You realize the flattened houses, uprooted trees, and have everybody exposed, disrupted our schools, displaced our folks, and put me in second-hand clothes? How come you're not remorseful? How come you're not ashamed? How come you leave Antigua flat and then go strike again? What? You find yourself at breakneck speed when you cross Antigua land? You never knew you could move so fast you get crazy when you see white stand. But if you move at breakneck speed, how come you couldn't pass in one day? Your diameter broad and take long for pass. Your grande gordo hombre. I beg you move for me, sister. I beg you please go along. I don't converse in foreign tongue. Me habla espanol. That's it. I'm sorry that our listeners can't see you because you perform this. Obviously, you are a performance poet because there we could see the conversation, the pair of you talking. You and Lewis were having a right old ding dong. You do, I mean, you do perform, I take it. Yes, on stage. I'm on stage a lot. Yeah, wonderful. Who yes. taught you to could be I a just, poet? Could I just yeah. in, uh, put in that the hurricane spent two, 48 hours over our island? Yeah. That's why he said he was a big fat man. Very good. 48 hours and devastated Antigua and Barbuda in 1995.
And are hurricanes a common occurrence in the islands? Oh yes, from nineteen ninety, from nineteen eighty nine up to now. Uh, but the most hurricanes we had was uh, a period between nineteen ninety five and I think two thousand and one, and then again later on in the two thousands. And of course, Barbuda was devastated in twenty seventeen. Barbuda people had to leave. Everybody in Barbuda had to come to Antigua except in Antigua, because it, there was nothing left in Barbuda. So yes, we are having these vicious hurricanes, and I think it's because of uh, global warming. Really, every year we have something not as devastating as Louis and the one that devastated Barbuda, but every year we have some little thing, and we are fearful during the months of June, June to September. October. We are very scared because we don't want any more of those creatures <laughs> to come our way. Well, it clearly the weather has a huge impact on the islands. They are two islands, although I think, is it right? There are three islands that make up the country, although one of them isn't um, inhabited. Yeah, Redonda. We don't even talk about Redonda. It's Antigua and Barbuda. And are you the only leading poet in the country? You're the only one I'm sure. I don't sure know if I'm the... the leading one because they have some young people now where they have they're very powerful with their uh spoken word. Yes, but I don't think we have many poets, other old-time poets, you know, that we used to have. We have spoken word poets, if you call them poets. And how did you learn to write poetry? Did you have a teacher, a particular oh, teacher, who encouraged you? How did you learn to write poetry, the craft of poetry? How did that begin? Did you have a teacher who helped you? No, we had poetry in school. Well, that that was it. We did Wordsworth and so on. I think I'm self-taught because I listened to Louise Bennett from Jamaica and Paul Keynes Douglas from St. Vincent, and I craft my own poetry because I like the rhythm of the poetry that they write. So I, I, I sort of fashion myself from those people. Have you got another one you can share with us? Oh, this one. This one is different from the other. <laughs> this one is a love story, a love poem. It's entitled Love Me. Whene'er I think of you, my love, my disposition assumes a pure white dove whose gentle heart like arms embrace the purest love, amazing grace. Come nestle in my castle high. Come feel my warmth, my love, for I am dazzled by your charm, your visage. So humbly now this plea I wage. Come soar with me above the cloud, away from this wild madding crowd. Come see the sun, the moon, the stars, the glories of my beating heart. My darling, if you'll marry me, like peace together we shall be in a pod by rich love nurtured on from morning till the day is done. We'll grow, we'll bloom, we'll age, then die like two rainbows across the sky. But happy, happy we shall be when we fade into eternity. 
That's so charming. And in that, of course, you're going to hear echoes of Shakespeare, of people like Andrew Marvell, uh, even Wordsworth, uh, Lord Tennyson. Part of your English heritage is permeated through that poem. Would you agree with that? I don't even know that. I just wrote it. From well, my heart. The the very way it begins when air, you know, you know. Oh, music the is. air, yeah, that's English. Yes. It is English. No, but the whole thing had echoes of um, great English poetry of, of yesteryear. That's marvelous. So different from the other poem. Yes. What what language do people speak in Antigua and Barbados? Antiguan Creole. Ah. Uh-huh. Is an English based language. But enslaved people came up with this language about 30 years after they were enslaved. Yes. Antiguan Creole. So is that what most people, if they were meeting each other and uh, on the street or getting together, they would speak in Creole rather than speaking in English? Yes. But in schools or businesses, would you also use the Creole language? No, no. We have to speak standard English in school and in the workplace. And so for your poetry, do you feel that you prefer to write in English or do you like to use the Creole language? I like both. I like both. I I wrote a book about the way we we talk. Yes. And it's a bestseller in Antigua. Believe Yay, me, the way we talk. Uh, <laughs> yes. Tell us a little bit about that. What were the kind of themes for you about how you talk as people from Antigua? What what are the unique ways that we in the UK might not be aware okay. of? Okay. The language has economy of words, and that is what I like. Economy of that's why I like poetry. Before I go into that, let me just say a little poem that I wrote. Pregnant clouds, darkened with labor pains, gave birth, replenishing the earth with new life. That's a whole story in one sentence. Because of the economy of words and the imagery, because you can see what I'm talking about. So the question was, um, what was the question? Just to understand a bit more about how... Oh, of our, of our language. If I want to say, come here, I'm going to say, come here. You ask me questions in English and I'll give you the answer in our, our language. It's easier for me to, than to just pull up something because I don't have the book before me. You ask me some questions in English and then I'll just... What makes you happy in Antigua? What makes me happy in, a, in, a, in a, this island, yeah? Well, me happy if I want to get no hurricane. If we get rain so the crops can grow. Um, me happy when me eat. I love to eat food, especially duku and selfish and fungi and chop up. <laughs> love that. And I understood most of that. And yeah, what makes you, in, in you know, the 2020s, what makes you angry? You personally. What makes me angry. What makes me bakes, man? Me bakes. Me mother's help. When people have plenty money and so they nah help nobody. When they nah help nobody, I'm on the whole auntie and tough them, tough did all them money in their pocket. They pack it up bulge with money. And they're the poor people there. And now nah, even get one little 
They can't even eat. They can't even sleep at night because they're hungry. They look a picnic and they're hungry. They don't eat nothing. The rich people have it and they won't give nobody. Nobody tell them again. You're but you didn't understand a word of that day. Do you know what? I love the expression of the language and actually you do understand it because of the tone and the passion that you put into your voice that I think sometimes maybe we're a lot more measured um, when we speak in, in English. What do you feel poetry can do that prose can't? What can you do in a poem? Because you've written stories as well. What do you feel you can do in a poem that you can't do in any other way? You can bring across a scene easily without um, a lot of words. I always talk about the, the economy of words. That's what poetry does. And the imagery, you, you can see, hear, feel, touch everything from what a, a, a poet wrote, writes. Listen, my, my best poem, I don't have it right now here. The, my best poem is um, uh, it's Nature by Carberry. He's a Jamaican. And when he says something like, and when the buttercups have paved the earth with yellow stars, woo, when buttercups have paved the earth with yellow stars, it makes me want to cry. We began with you telling us about your school in Bethesda, the first school uh -huh. for enslaved children. And it's now nearly 200 years later. What does enslavement and that history of it mean to people like you and people in Antigua today? What enslavement means? We we are saddened by it, but we don't let it um, bog us down. We try to do our best despite or in spite of what we went through during slavery. I was going to say, but does it inform your poetry? Slavery? Yes. Maybe even if I'm not conscious of it, 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 it comes through. Because look at what you, you said about this poem, Love Me. You said you could hear um, words, words, you could hear. And I didn't even realize it. Sometimes you don't even realize what's happening when you, you know, you do things. The, that, in a sense, is one of the benefits of having, when you were a girl, being introduced to some great poets from other countries. I mean, there are, there, that, that, I mean, when I was saying that about the, uh, the influence of the English poets, it was meant as a compliment that you'd taken it on board as a girl. Yes, Pardon yes, I mean, it is a compliment. Yeah. Yes. Are there Good. other poets in Antigua and Barbuda that we should know about? Who are your country's most well-known poets, would you say? I don't think we have a lot of poets in Antigua. We have Calypsonians. And to me, Calypso is poetry that's put to music. So we have a lot of Calypsonians. And uh, so there's a there's a Calypso that's written about our, our Vivian Richards. He's our national hero. I... I, I I believe your father, Afra, might know him, might, might know of him. When I was growing up, Viv Richards was one of the, the great names of the world, one of the greatest cricketers right. of all time. And he's right here from Antigua. Wow. He's right. He's from Antigua. And um, instead of talking about another poet from Antigua, I have chosen a poem 
written about Vivian Richards by our own King Short Shirt. Our own King Short Shirt was given an honorary degree just this week from the University of the West Indies Five Island Campus. So this is quite fitting for me to talk about this today. Yes, um, Vivian Richards, you, you know, he was a, 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 a batsman, a great batsman in his yeah. day. So you, you want me to read what I have about him? Please. Okay. Please, yes. This was written by Short Shirt, King Short Shirt. He's our national hero. No, Vivian Richards is our national hero. Uh, in 1976. After he won, after and after the West Indies won the Test match in England, in your country, in England. No, it's a song, but but I I don't know if I can sing it or just say read it. No bowler holds a terror for Vivian Richards. Not Thompson, not Lily, not Bader, not Shanda Shrika. Perfect coordination of body and mind. This brother is really dynamite. Pace or spin, he don't give a France what you're bowling him. Fast or slowly, you're going back to the boundary. England, here they come. This hunk of a man, this classical player and his fellow Antigans, Andy Roberts, wreaking havoc once again in your country. Vivian Richards wrecking bowlers, boundary after boundary. Watch the scoreboard ticking on. When Vivian batting, the machine must run. And people applauding for runs like rain. And another splendid Richard century again. Well done, him. Well done, you. What a performance. He was known when I was a boy as the master blaster. Smoking Joe. Master, yes. Yeah, absolutely. King Viv. Master blaster. The, one of the reasons He's that I know of him joy. is that I think we almost shared a birthday. I think he was born on the 7th of March. My birthday yeah, is yes. the 8th of March. Uh, I mean, he's, still, March he's in his 70s now. 7th of, yeah, 7th. Yeah. It should be a national holiday. I mean, he's considered one of the greatest batsmen in the history of the world. Uh, Afro, he was right-handed. He was just amazing. Though some people want to give that credit to um, that guy from Trinidad. Well, we, um, Lara. Forget all that. We're talking to you. I, yeah, 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 yeah. We're Antigua. Viv Richards is king, as far as we're concerned. Yes. Thank, oh, thank you so much. Well, he's our national hero, and he's the only national hero that's alive today. <laughs> hey, hey. Well, look. I think on that happy note, you've uh, we we you've run us out. We've you've scored every six you possibly could. Um, you've been batting brilliantly for us. We think you're a joy, Joy. And Thank why you. did your was it your mother or your father who wanted you to be called Joy? I don't even know because I, I wasn't called that name growing up. It's oh. when I got my birth certificate, I found that it's uh, what is Joy? I'm Joy. <laughs> so I just use that name all the time now. Well, I think it's a lovely name. Did you know that uh, Sir Viv Richards, Vivian Richards, his first name isn't Vivian either. His first name is actually it's Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think Vivian works better. And Joy is perfect for you. Thank you. 
Yeah, we think you're brilliant. We'll put your poems and the others on our website, details of those. And what is the, the book, the collection of yours that you would recommend people start with if they want to be introduced to your poetry? If people, the book that people should start reading about what I about wrote? About you, I your wrote? poetry, the, the Joy Lawrence poetry. Where oh, should people poetry. go? poetry. Yes. This, the whirlwind. You want me to read it? We want... We, we want to go out with a whirlwind. Blow, blow, you idle wind. You have no responsibilities. You don't go toiling in the sun all day, then go home too tired to sleep. Blow, blow, you wanton wind. You're not a family man. You don't have any wife and children to keep from starvation. So you dance the twist and do the twirl, picking up dust and leaves and paper and all and spin them mercilessly against their will. Then when you've had enough of a quarrel, you let them fall wherever you will. Then you disappear as suddenly as you came to travel to another unsuspecting place to do your taunting dance again. I think you're a tremendous poet. You're marvelous. And again, you probably won't thank me. I heard wonderful echoes there of uh, Shakespeare. Blow, blow, you hurricanoes, blow, from, I think it's King Lear. So you ah. obviously picked up a lot with that um, ah. uh, English curriculum all those years ago, and it's entered, yeah. and you have transmogrified it into something rich and uniquely from Antigua. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're, you're too kind. You're very no. kind to do this. <laughs> We we now see why you got we see why you got that OH. Just tell us one more time what it stands for. It's such a lovely honor to have received. What does it stand for? <laughs> the order Officer of the Most Precious Order of Princely Heritage. <laughs> the Officer of the Most <laughs> Wonderful. Frank, what was I it again? Have said again? Worn my insignia to show you the my little thing that I, I got. Well, wonderful. Uh, thank you for sharing your heritage with us and your lovely poetry. Alfred, do you want a last word? I just thought that was brilliant fun and wonderful to hear your poems. And thank you for bringing joy to the Commonwealth Poetry Podcast. Thank you, Alfred. So I like your name. Joy. I like your name. <laughs> Very good. That's it for this podcast. Our thanks to Joy Lawrence, OH, who chose to read Love Me and an interview with Hurricane Lewis, both by Joy Lawrence, and to recite the Calypso song Viv is the Name, Cricket is the Game by Sir MacLean Emanuel, better known as King Short Shirt. Join us next time when we'll be in another Commonwealth country with more poetry from the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth Poetry Podcast is presented by Giles Brandreth and Afra Brandreth and produced by the University of Chester. Our special thanks to them and to the Royal Commonwealth Society. And most of all, of course, to you for listening. <laughs>